The Welcome to the Show podcast is independently produced by me, CT, and Manny Gomez. Help people find our show by taking two minutes to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. Thank you. What's up, everybody? It's the Welcome to the Show podcast. CT, the other. Happy Labor Day, Manny. It's a good Labor Day. Is it? Yeah, it's a good good Labor Day because... Are you ready for this? It's Glaber Day. Well, it's always Glaber Day in my house. But oh. uh, Yankees are the first to ninety wins. James Paxton pitching like James Paxton. Jay Hat finally pitching like he's supposed to be pitching. Domingo Herman has eighteen wins this year. Masahiro Tanaka starting to look like the ace that he should have been all along. The New York Yankees are going all the way this year, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I got. You forgot Judge and Judge and uh, oh, yeah. Gary. Aaron Judge is hitting a home run basically every single day. It's looking like Giancarlo Stanton is going to return any day soon. Luis Severino is about to return out of the bullpen. Dylan Batanzas might be back by mid-September. Gary Sanchez is a monster. Goddamn, I love the Yankees. So let, so real quick, let's stick on the Yankees. You you think Jay Happ deserves a turn in the rotation now and for the playoffs? Um, I mean, I still I, I want to see what he has for the rest of the month. I still think that giving him that extension was a mistake. I'm going to be honest, especially mm-hmm. looking at what Patrick Corbin has turned into in in the Nats. I guess it looks like it wasn't a, he wasn't a fluke after all. If you look at his numbers, they're almost identical to last year. Um, and it's not like he's Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander or whatever, but he's better than what we have so far this year. I think. But um, is he worth is he worth the money that he got from the Nationals? You think? I would think you have been to, comfortable? Would you have I, been comfortable with the Yankees giving him that kind of deal? I think the Yankees have the money. So as much as I'd like to say that I like how they're being more conservative, um, at the same time, to me, it didn't make sense to give Jay Happ the kind of extension that he got. Um, you know what I mean? C- considering his age, considering his track record. and mm-hmm. But I think, that, I think that the James Paxton trade is what spurred that on. I think when they got James Paxton, they said, okay, we have our ace here, so we don't have to go out and get... And spend a shitload of money on another guy, um, yeah. but I don't. I don't want to make excuses. I think that's the Yankees' weaknesses. They're starting pitching. It looks like they're getting better, but I don't know if I feel quite comfortable yet. I still don't understand why they're going to put Severino in the bullpen and not just let him start. Um, like yeah, like like if anything, let him start and just yank him after two innings or three innings, the way you do an opener. Do the mm-hmm. same thing that you're doing with Chad Green, but make Severino the opener, and you know stretch him out little by little. Or um, if he's if he's not ready, stretch him out in the minors and you know let him come back for two or three starts at the end of the year. Stretch him out and see what he's like for the postseason. If if he's not the Luis Severino of the first half of last year, then you leave him in the bullpen. If he is, then then you have yourself an ace starting pitcher who can be your game one starter in any in any series. I uh, mean, well, what about what about Domingo Herman then? So Herman, I think he's been a lot better. I think he's I, I, last year. I don't know if you remember with the Katie Sharp interview we talked about. I had said to her, he has good stuff, but what, what is it that it's not translating? He was giving up too many home runs. He's walking too many hitters. I think that that he's kind of got that under control this year. And I, I think what you were going to say before we started recording was that his splits were, his home away splits are insane. Um, and that's true. But I think in the postseason, you can, you can mess with that more than you can in the regular season. Like you can make it so that he only pitches at home as opposed to away. Or well, yeah, but I mean... Say. Well, but then that means he's getting one of the first two starts in any series, right? Yeah, it's guaranteed. I, I'd give him. I to be honest with you, I think game two is the most important game of a series. So 
if I can steal game one with Domingo Herman on the mound, I think that's a win for me. I guess what I'm saying is, is that you have Tanaka who, who deserves to pitch in the postseason, right? Regardless of what he does in the regular season or what, or how he's coming off the regular season. I think he's earned a, a shot at pitching in the playoffs. Absolutely. So, and I, and I think Paxton definitely has to pitch in the playoffs for the yes. Yankees. So I think Herman is the third starter. Where do, okay. So then we're looking at an away start. But then I'm also thinking about Severino and, you know, he should also kind of get his turn if he's ready to start. But then I feel like once you once you pass those three pitchers, it could start all over again. Like you can rush Paxton to pitch on short rest. Right. But if you don't if you don't have to, you you don't do it. You know what I mean? No, I think I I think that Sabathia for me, if I was the Yankees organization, I wouldn't even put him on the postseason roster. And I know that that sounds they're going to, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I think that I, I love CC. I think that his presence in, in the clubhouse is is super important. I think he contributes a lot to the team in that way. But I think that he's a right now he's a minus on the mound. He's back on the IL with a with that right knee inflammation or whatever. And just because yeah. you leave somebody off of a postseason roster doesn't mean that they're not there. So I'm thinking of like Tino Martinez with the Yankees in 1996. He wasn't on, he wasn't on the roster for I think it was for the ALDS. They let Cecil Fielder play instead of him. And this is Tino Martinez, who they went out and got from free agency and spent a lot of money on. Um, he eventually turned it around and became a, a threat in the postseason. He got, I think he got put back in the roster for later series or whatever. But you could do the same with CeCe. Leave him, you know, depending on the series, I would say the ALDS may be less than the ALCS because it's a shorter series. I would just leave him off for now. <laughs> Let him take as much rest as he needs. And if you need to, if you feel confident in putting him back in for the ALCS, if you need a long man or something like that, then put him back in. But for right now, I don't feel too confident in him. He looks really bad lately. Yeah, I mean that's the starting pitching. But like, have you given any thought to your starting nine in terms of like the lineup with like Encarnacion, Voit? Stanton. Are, you to, are you trying to jinx me here? Are you trying to jinx the series? I'm just I'm just looking at the team now that there's really you know, like there's no hunt for the ALCS, AL East. You know, like Yankees pretty much ran away with it. What else is there really to talk about? Like I feel like now you guys can just like look forward to the postseason. Yeah. But I'm looking at your postseason and who do you leave off the lineup, you know, like your starting nine. I agree. I think I think that with Stanton is gonna return soon. That's gonna create a problem. And and when Hicks returns too, because Mike Talkman has been a beast over the last two months. I think he's slugging like seven something. Yeah. Um, Mike Ford has been a beast over the last couple of weeks. Well, well you know he's you know he's not going to take anybody's spot though. Yeah, I don't think exactly. I was going to say that Ford is not going to take anybody's spot, but I think yeah. somebody's going to have to get left off, whether it be Brett Gardner, who I don't think is going to get left off either, um, because he has Shella. the speed, he has the defense, he's been hitting really good. Cameron Mabin, maybe somebody like that is going to have to sit down. Um, well, we Shella's know been gonna, hurt, so maybe he won't yeah. even be ready. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was going to say, we know we know the guys that are probably going to be left off, like definitely not fighting for a starting position, but still, you know, in an, that, that, I guess the issues I always look at when I think of playoffs and issues is more like what would happen if you were to face the National League team, but that's a World Series problem, which, you know, right, right. good luck. You, man. Yep. I think the biggest the, the biggest roster question the Yankees are going to have going into the postseason is going to be what do you do with Mike Talkman? Because he has been he has been a beast at mm-hmm. the plate. And he's good defensively too. Um so we'll see. Maybe that that resolves itself. Maybe John Carlos Stanton comes back and gets hurt right away again. I don't know. 
Um, yeah. Hicks seems to always be hurt. So who knows? These things tend to solve themselves. We'll see what happens. Wow. Enter the show not having anything planned for the Yankees, and we just gave you guys a solid 10 minutes on the Yankees. Why? Because they're the greatest team in sports. That's why. <clears throat> yeah. Sure. Wow. You just accept it. Good. You could you could say that. To, you could say that. Whatever, man. I can't fight you no more. <laughs> My fantasy team left me in shambles, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's like I have no more drive to to even debate on anything anymore. Kind of just the guy that's taking it all in and reacting. Should we give fantasy a good two minutes here? Yeah, go ahead. You could just take it away for a minute. You know, I'm still over here. So trying yeah, to keep it so, together. So CT and I made the the our our postseasons, our respective our postseason in our fantasy league. And we both got creamed in the postseason. And I'm trying to – I'm reeling here because all season I've been clawing my way back into contention, made it into the postseason finally. I'm feeling confident because Noah Syndergaard has been an ace since since the All-Star break. Trevor Bauer hasn't been doing so great since being traded to Cincinnati. But I have faith in a guy who pitched in Cleveland who's a strikeout pitcher – I have faith in, in him being able to pitch in the National League where you have one less offensive threat and so on and so forth or whatever. And what happens? They both shit the bed for me. I mean, hmm. Noah Syndergaard had the worst start of his entire career last week. He gave me like a minus 20, I think it was. Uh, I don't think Trevor Bauer gave me a single good outing. They were all negatives. Um, I'm just – I don't even – I'm at a loss for words. I lost by 100-plus points. I haven't had a loss like that all year. It, it just so happens, round one in the postseason, everybody shits the bed. I don't understand why. Yeah, and as bad as a, as a bad of a postseason that Manny had the first round, I got my ass whooped by, my math might be a little off, of course, 234 Damn. points. 244 <laughs> points? I don't know, man. Oh, it was bad. Goodness. It was, uh, you know... But it, it was just the timing of it just sucked, man. Judge ripped it for me. Aaron Nola ripped it for me. Like, but Aaron Nola only got two starts. I had to deal with three Street, Steven Strasburg stars, three mm. Dallas Keiko stars, Dakota Hudson, who I had on my team the 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 week prior or the beginning of this week. I dropped him because all he had put together before that was a you know just an average type of season. I picked him up. He dropped 22 points. I dropped him. Then, uh, you know, Ivy picked him up. 30 points, 22 points, 22 points. So that also was, you know, 70-something points there alone. Oh Strasburg put up 87 points in his three starts. So, like, I, I think I just needed, like, I think going into – so it's a two-week matchup. And I think the first week by Sunday or Saturday, I was, like, ahead by two points. We were, like, in the 400s hmm. or something. It was very, very close. And then – he doubled his first week. So insane, man. Yeah. Insane. And I, I happened to be facing Justin Verlander, who threw a no hitter. So gave gave my opponent fifty seven easy points. hundred and eight uh, total matchup. hundred and eight total during the matchup. Uh I was facing Giolito, who what the fuck? You know? Um yeah. Clevenger. Clevenger pitched a gen I mean Good for them, man. It was a, it was a like you into the first week. I you know I even had a lead for most of the first week, and then he took over the lead, and we were kind of fighting back and forth, and then all of a sudden, boom! I had that you know it was I think it was the day Chris Paddock gave me a minus minus eighteen one game. Um, I had one day where all my pitchers just shit you know just shit the bed. 
completely yeah. fucked me, and and I couldn't recover from that. I started streaming pitchers in my last three or four games. I was clawing my way back again, but then it just you know Bauer, Bauer fucked me Saturday, and then Verlander on Sunday. It was just like, oh boy, who did you Whatever. trade Bauer for? Fuck, who did you man. trade to get Bauer? <sighs> DJ LeMahieu, man. Wow, he had a walk off home run. Mm. Thanks. I know. I know. I know. Then, you, I know. You knew the answer to that question. You just no. I didn't. I sort of got because I didn't know because I, I I thought DJ LeMahieu. I know who traded. I think I know how you got DJ LeMahieu was for from Los Michaels. Yeah, for for nothing. Like that was a I won that trade like by a lot. I probably um, should have held on to him. But um I should have held on to him. I was thinking LeMahieu's gonna have to cool off at some point. He hasn't. He's just been he's yeah. been so good. Yeah. What are you gonna do? And I figured Trevor Bauer, National League, he's gonna start tearing it up. <laughs> He's been, he's been worse with Cincinnati. He has like an eight, eight or nine ERA with Cincinnati. I don't understand what's going on. He's happy uh, now. He's going to get a lot of home runs. Yeah, I don't know. He's happy now. He doesn't have to deal with the drive, you know, yeah, the pressure. Right. Anyway. Anyways, all right. And it's all it's all over. Fantasy's over till next season. I'm coming strong next season. I was going to retire for take a season off no, after weren't. I won it this year, but it didn't turn out that way. I was wrong. So I'll be back in the playoffs next season. Yep. All right, we'll see. Anyway, so almost 20 minutes in. Let me go. Let me run through what we're going to talk about today real quick. We're going to do some baseball talk. A lot happened in the world of baseball uh last week. We're going to jump into the NBA. Will Carmelo go to Brooklyn? Something about LeBron James and then I listened to a podcast last week that I want to it raised the question that I want to talk about real quick. And then in the NFL, the Ezekiel Elliott situation uh, Ryan Fitzmagic gets chosen over Josh Rosen. I don't understand that. And then Gronk made some comments that echoes the situation with Andrew Luck last week. And if mm-hmm. there's anything else, we'll jump in it. So if you want to skip ahead, look in the episode notes and go ahead and skip ahead to whichever part you want to listen to. Since we started talking about the Yankees, I'm going to go jump right into Alex Rodriguez. Yesterday, Sunday, he announced in Sunday Night Baseball the matchup between the Phillies and the New York Mets, and he dropped a gem of, of an analysis, and I'm being sarcastic here when I say gem. <laughs> For me, this was one of the Wait. dumbest things I ever heard. Yeah, go All right, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, uh, so I forget who the outfielder was, let off and hit a double um, for the Phillies, and Jay Bruce came up, and he said this. Let's listen to this. Third base for Harper. I just love the bunt here. I love getting him over to third base, making the game three to one. You always want even leads versus odd leads. Why? The solo home run doesn't tie it, and the grand slam does not beat you. Keep it simple. Ball and two strikes. <laughs> I think that was the best part. The silence there. I think I think Jessica Mendoza and Maddie V were like, "What?" So you always want you always want even, even leads, not odd leads. Could you explain okay. this to me? Because this doesn't make any fucking sense to me whatsoever. You always want even eat leads, not odd leads. I guess the Phillies, the Phillies were leading 2-1 at the time. And he wants Jay Bruce to bunt over whoever made it to second base. I can't remember the guy's name. Halsey? I can't remember. Um, so and Because the, then Bryce is going to come up next. He's thinking Bryce is going to hit a, a fly ball or something and drive the guy in to make the lead 3-1. He's saying he would rather he, he would rather he would rather an even lead three to three to one instead of an odd lead two to one. 
So obviously, what, yeah. What I think he was trying to say, or maybe not, because what he said took some thought, some thought that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I think what he tried to say is you'd rather have the larger lead than the smaller lead. Well, this isn't the first time. <laughs> I love Aaron, man. Wow, what a great guy. Don't uh, defend that. Come on. This is <laughs> this isn't the first time I've heard him say that line. It's like the third time I've heard him say it. Uh, so let me just get this straight. You don't have a problem with him saying use the bunt in this situation. What you have a problem with is you you don't understand what the whole odd even lead thing is, right? No, I do have a problem with the bunt because why would you bunt Jay Bruce? This guy could hit a home run, and but there's no outs. how many times have you seen Jay Bruce bunt before? Like he could fuck this up. So yeah, but they're always playing the shift on him. All right, I mean, I, I just I don't know. I just Jay Bruce is not the kind of hitter that I would bunt. I guess is I get you. Know. you. Yeah, that that makes sense. But let's think. Let's look at the odd even lead thing. Um, if you have a game that's zero zero and you know the other team scores a run, then it's it's one zero. That's an odd lead. That's a one run lead. Okay. There's where he's referring that the solo run, the solo home run, will tie it against you. Right. Uh, the next thing would be an even lead, which is two nothing. Mm-hmm. Now a solo home run is is just you know you're still in the lead. Nothing really changed except that now it's an odd lead. And <laughs> the next thing you can try as I, hard I, as you I, want. I get, I get what he's trying to say, but yeah, you're right. It's confusing as hell, but I get what he's trying to say. Like, would you rather, uh, let me see. Now I have to do some math here. Would you rather no, a, I mean, t- a 10 2 lead, let's say that's an even lead, or a 9 2 lead that's a seven run lead? I mean, there's st- at the end of the day, it's still a lead. I'd rather 10 2 lead. I'd rather a 10 2 lead too, but it's all right. Let me change that then. Or, or, uh, 10 to lead 11, on an 11 to lead. How about an 11 to 2 lead? I would rather have an 11 to 2 lead. Okay, so that's an odd lead. I mean it just it's it just Yeah, but the but the but the even one comes before it. All right. I mean, I think that to me it it's like I was like it's the what? Same, yeah, you can go you can go back and forth all day, but like like I get it. Like I I understand what he was trying to say. It doesn't make because much he's sense, A-Rod. but I, if this if this was let me see. If this was like Aaron Judge saying some shit like this, you'd be attacking him too. Come on. No, I think we got to give guys like Aaron more credit, man. This is a dumb piece of analysis. You want a you want a bigger sounds, lead. That's it. It sounds dumb. I'm just saying the guy knows his <laughs> shit, and we shouldn't be questioning the great one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll leave Aaron alone. Anyways, <laughs> but you're right. That was that was confusing. But I I've not the first time I heard him say it. The first time I did hear him say it, he actually broke it down a little bit, and it was similar to what I'm trying to say. But you're right. You win. This it. is it, th- it was, this it is was, my favorite. This is my favorite part here. Listen to this. The solo home run didn't tie it, and the grand slam does not beat you. That's my favorite part. Keep it simple. Ball. The silence. Like I, Jessica Mendoza and, and Maddie V, I could see it. They were just star- they just stared at each other, and they were like, "But what? I'm telling you, yeah, that's it's not the first time he said it. That's why they were probably silent. They were just like, "All right, we've heard this before." <laughs> All right, right, let's move on from A-Rod and jump into how about, well, since we're talking about the Phillies and the Mets, are the Mets out of it? Um, They they were coming back after the the All-Star break. They went on a run. They went on a tear. And then they go home and lose six straight. Um, They took two out of three from the Phillies, though. So I'm not sure exactly what the standings are right now. But do you think they're out of it completely? Well, yeah, I don't think the Mets were ever in it to begin with, man. Like I, 
I never believed that this team could just play good for a month or the two months after the All-Star break and all of a sudden be in it. I guess it's just the NL East is so, or the National League, and mm-hmm. you know, aside from the Dodgers, every team is just kind of mediocre, I guess. I mean, Atlanta's good. They're amazing. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nats take over Atlanta by the end of this month. They're they're, not, they're six and a half games back as as of today. It's six and a half. Oh, okay. So yeah. so Atlanta won and and the Nats lost yesterday. Then and the Mets are three and a half from the second wild card spot. But I just it's just one of those things in baseball or in sports in general where it's just like the Mets are playing against history. They're playing against their their character you know like mm-hmm. it's typical like the mets started playing good after the all-star break it made them question probably like a bunch of trade decisions that they wanted to make or that they had in place because brody messed the whole thing up since the beginning but no they started playing well everyone's like oh man should we keep zach wheeler should we give him away this and that then they play good trade deadlines over nothing you could do about it now they still have the same issues i mean their bullpen played good after the all-star break but it's still a shitty bullpen at the end of the day you know like they're playing well now yeah. but how long do we really think they were going to sustain that that's one thing and it's just so poetic with like the universe in baseball that the loss that started that six game uh losing streak was a jacob the grom star that he went seven innings mm-hmm. and struck out 13 batters and the only run that the Mets scored that day was a jacob the grom home run yeah. and it's just so typical of that being the story that they go on a six game losing streak to dig themselves into to a deeper hole it's only three and a half games back but I'm not even gonna get my hopes up for this. Like, had they sorry, just gone, man. had they just gone three and three in that series, they would have been. What's the math on this? It would have been like one and a half games instead of three and a half games back or something. Who knows? Um, but you're right. They did take care of business against the Phillies. But they, I feel like if the Mets are in it, they should be a team like the Phillies. The Phillies, like I, I like the, I love the Phillies, but we were wrong about them being like the, you know, we're one of the top team. Yeah, we were wrong. Their pitching has just not been good. Nope, and I think that Gabe Kapler. I know that I have I attack this guy a lot, but I think he's a shitty manager. I think he has. To, I think he has to go at the end of the year, um, hmm. because they did spend stupid money, like their owner promised they would. And and to be seventy and sixty five, you're in the playoff hunt by two and a half games, but you have a worse run differential than than the Mets do, who are behind you at this point. Um, yeah. I think that Bryce Harper has has carried you in in several games this year. I think that 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 walk off home run a couple of nights ago, I can't remember who who hit it, was a big. You know, they they're having to have miraculous wins to stay in the hunt. Otherwise, they'd be far down in the standings. I think. Talking about um, the Phillies. The Phillies, yeah. I think yeah, for yeah. me, the team that scares me the most right now is clearly the Dodgers in the National League and and, and the Washington Nationals. Even the yeah, Braves the are, are kind of nice. not doing it for me. But the Nats have, I mean, they have three pitchers with 200 strikeouts. Um, if those three guys can deal in the postseason, it's going to be hard to beat the Nats. Um, yeah. You have a, a Rendon, who, it's, if I, I wrote a piece about this yesterday on Call to the Pen. He's been the best player in baseball the second half of the of the season. And he's not even being talked about in MVP in, in the MVP conversation. Um, they're they're a scary team. Juan Soto is a monster again. That's a good team right there. So I mean, do you think the Mets are out of it though? I don't believe in the Mets. I mean, it would be a nice story to see them come in, come back, and 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 get into the playoff into playoff contention. But you're gonna have to jump over Arizona, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, the Cubs. Um, I don't see it happening. I just, I don't know. I don't think Mickey Calloway has it. The guy's like, I don't know. He has to go too at the end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. 
it look, it seems like that Noah Syndergaard outing couldn't have come at a worse time. That's what I'm like saying. Him. Like, and then today he he pitches a gem. I'm just like, fuck, man, you couldn't do this last week. <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, the Mets had all this momentum, and they come across the Cubs. Was it with the Cubs that it started? Or did it start with another team? It was with the Cubs, and the Cubs were reeling at the time too. They were losing and the Cubs, games. And no, not just that. The Cubs, the Cubs suck away. Mm-hmm. So the Mets had them at home. You know, the Mets are playing the Cubs at home, and they still couldn't get it done. And it, I mean, Jacob Degrom did his part, and it's just like a story of last year. It was almost just kind of like, remember last year when when yep. the, when you guys were like this? Well, here's a reminder, and here's a six game losing streak. And it's going to, you know, the six game losing streak is going to come at the expense of your pitchers doing bad. You know, think that your strength is going to suck and so on and so on. And I feel like even if they get close again, it's just going to be a repeat again at the end of the season. When the pressure's on, they're not going to be able to, you know, perform. Yeah, I agree. And they're another team that if they get into the postseason, they have the pitching to possibly go deep. But I just don't have I don't have faith in the team. They're the Mets. This is this is typical Mets. Um, so what are you going to do? Speaking of playoff contending teams, then you have on the other side the the Boston Red Sox, who are as of today they're currently five games out on the wild card behind the Oakland A's, Cleveland, and Tampa Bay. The Red Sox have the no, that's not true. I was about to say they were, they have the best run differential of all those teams. That's not true. The Oakland A's do. But the Boston Red Sox offense is clicking. JD Martinez is back. It looks like he's hitting like a beast. Um, Mookie Betts is hitting really great again. The offense is clicking on all cylinders. You lost Chris Sale for the season. Um, your bullpen is still kind of shaky, but can the Red Sox slug their way into the postseason? And if they do, I know you're a Red Sox fan, but try to be honest here. Should should <laughs> people be scared? Uh, yeah, I think the Red Sox will make the postseason through the wild card. I think they can slug their way to the postseason, but I don't know what to think anymore now that we lost David Price. Like, say what you want about what david price is i mean not david price chris sale chris sale we yeah we lost chris sale uh i don't know what 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 it's going to be like now because we can't just you know mask losing chris sale like he's he's our best pitcher you no matter how he's been in the playoffs that's still the guy that you want pitching the first game i'm pretty sure you'd pitch the first game on a lot of teams that's how good chris sale is and we don't have him anymore so i don't know what it would be like for us and if teams should be scared, I think definitely, obviously, of our lineup, because I do think we have the best lineup. But, you know, there's another side of baseball that's pitching that we don't have that we probably won't be able to keep up in the playoffs. So, yes, I think they'll make the playoffs. Should you guys be scared? Uh, I, I think teams would rather play the, the Red Sox at this point since we are missing, you know, Chris Sale. I think in the American League... Um... Tampa Bay scares me because they they can win in in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. Cleveland doesn't have the starting pitching to scare me so much. They have a good lineup, but I think the Red Sox lineup is better. And then the Oakland A's, they're, they're the A's. Like I, I don't even know yeah, like, how I feel as, about the Oakland A's. As good as the Yankees, I mean, as good as the A's did against the Yankees this year, do we really think that the A's could beat the Yankees in a in a five, let alone a seven game series? I don't think so. I don't. I don't believe so either. So I think. I think out of all the wild card teams, the team, the teams that scare me the most are the Red Sox and the, and the Tampa Bay Rays. To be honest with you, the other teams I'm not so, I'm not so worried about. Um, yeah. So I, I hope that the Red Sox continue losing. If you know, I don't think we face Oakland again. But if we do, I would say just start losing these fucking games. Stop trying. Stop. Stop with these comeback wins. 
guys, let's let's bury the Red Sox. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Rays have won five straight. Yeah, yeah. So they're probably going. They're probably sticking in that wild card spot, man. We got We you guys had to take care of business with the A's. We had to win Saturday, which we didn't. Um, Another thing is if the Yankees face the 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 Rays in the wild card game, is that Tampa Bay is kind of like. New Yankee Stadium South. That stadium is going to be stacked with Yankee fans. So yeah, so so the stadium situation isn't going to be an issue. I think the Rays are just going to have to play like really good baseball and and just win. Nothing else is going to be a factor. Can be a factor for that team. Um, so I don't know. I, I I don't know. I hope I hope that the Yankees don't put the put up this kind of season. I think this is the the fastest they've gotten to ninety wins since nineteen ninety eight. I heard that somewhere. And that season they won the World Series. I hope that I hope that we don't put up a clunker. Like I'm not saying like you know that I would be dis- I would be disappointed if they didn't win the World Series. Let me not even go there. But I don't want to see them get eliminated in the ALDS. I need them to go far into this postseason. I need a World Series appearance at least. Yeah, I agree. I think if the I think the expectation this year. I mean, World Series or bust is kind of harsh, right? Because you, you you're still. I mean, we, we can pick who we think are the better teams in the playoffs. I think everybody would say that the Astros are a better yeah. team because of their pitching. So oh not to, to, to for the Yankees to go into the World Series and not win it is, you know, I don't want to consider that that much of a, of a failure. But to, I think you're right. They at least have to get to the World Series. They have to get there. And, and you do. The Yankees do have the excuse of, of the injuries. They set a record number of injuries officially last week. But you're still you're still. You ask anybody, like last night after the Sunday night baseball game, I heard, uh, what's his name, SVP on ESPN ask uh, Jessica Mendoza, of the three teams who have the best records, the Yankees, Astros, and Dodgers, I think it's in that order, who's the team that you would fear most? And she said the Yankees. And he was kind of taken aback because he said, well, what about all these injuries? Do you think these players can can perform like this in the postseason, so on and so forth? She said that it's not so much that about the players that are currently on the roster. It's that they're about to get back Luis Severino, Dylan Betances, Giancarlo Stanton. Those are three top of the line players. Like what yeah. other? T- it's almost like an acquisition late in the in the in the season for your team. Like what other teams are going to get those three types of players back into their into their rosters? You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're right. Um, it just makes you think like. Could this team? I, I just hope that they don't disappoint us. At the end of the day, I feel good about this team. They have that feel to them, but I've seen it before. I've I've had this feeling before and been dis- disappointed in the past. So we'll see what happens. I always bring it back to the Yankees. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it's all right, I man. I mean, it's <laughs> listen, you can't change who you are. As evil as it is. Wow, evil. Okay. Um, the next story in baseball is Justin Verlander toss, tosses his third career no-hitter. He joins a short list of six pitchers ever to throw uh, at least three no-hitters um, or more in their careers. Uh, he did it against the, the Toronto Blue Jays, who he had no-hit, I think it was like 10 years prior in Rogers Center. So I think he becomes the first pitcher ever to no-hit the same team at, in their own stadium wow. uh, twice. Uh, what else did he do? I can't remember what else he did, but the guy is fucking, he's aging in reverse. He has a 0.77 whip, which is second only to Pedro Martinez in terms of single season whips. Wow. Um, and what's baffling me about Justin Verlander is, is that if you look at his stat sheet, his FIP doesn't look so so hot. So you say to yourself, take, take, 
take away his fielders and he's not the same pitcher. And he's giving up a lot of home runs. He's given up the most home runs he ever has in his entire career. But for some reason, this guy is still fucking unbelievable. His last pitch was like 97 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, he's he's something else. And I don't know what to think anymore, man. I I'm, it, Automatically, I'd think like steroids and stuff. Right. But I don't want to go can, there. Can it, but... really, <laughs> can it really be that? Like, I don't want to say that he's taking steroids, but Jesus Christ, man, the guy's 36. And that just tells you, like you said, he's leaving the home. He's leaving the league in home runs, I think. But mm -hmm. if you look at his whip, what does that tell you that like all the hits they get off him are like home runs? <laughs> Or nothing. That's kind of what it looks like, right? Like, yeah, man. And I mean, he's clearly gonna win the Cy Young. I think. <laughs> he, I mean, if he doesn't win the Cy Young, then he got robbed. Who else is Who else is pitching like this in the American League? Garrett Cole. I think that's I'd, it. Yeah, but right now Verlander's winning in wins, ERA, game started, innings pitched, strikeouts. Uh, whip, is that the, like you said, is that the pitching triple crown right there? Let's see. It's ERA strikeouts and wins. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's insane, man. This guy this guy is 36 years old and he's getting better. Since he came to Houston, he this is this is his record in Houston. He's 38 and 14. That's a 731 win-loss percentage. A 2.43 ERA. He has a 0 0.825 whip in Houston and he struck out uh 590 hitters in how many innings 441 innings unbelievable and his yeah. sow what does that mean again strikeouts to walk is that what it is that what that means sow yeah strikeouts to walk yeah his strikeouts to walk ratio is also the highest in in the american league yeah and so he's not, not hold on let me see his walks 35 30 that's decent he's not walking that many hitters either it's insane man i don't know what I, what is it that they're doing in houston or whatever, but I did write an article right after. Actually, I started writing something about Verlander before I knew he was tossing a no-no yesterday. Then I get the alert, so I stop writing what I'm writing, and then of course it changes the entire story. It, it reminds me of Roger Clemens when he went to Toronto in I forget what year it was, but he won back-to-back -back Cy Young awards. It was before he got traded to the Yankees, and the Red Sox didn't want to resign him. They thought he was finished. He wasn't himself anymore, and all of a sudden, he becomes Roger Clemens again, the Rocket. And this is kind of what it reminds me of. And then he goes to the Yankees, thinks up the joint a little bit, goes to Houston and becomes Roger Clemens again at age 42. I'm just like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. And these are two hard-throwing pitchers um, who strike out a lot of batters and win a lot of games. And I'm just like, steroids is one explanation, but I don't want to go there with Verlander because I, I, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt. The other thing is, what's Houston doing? <laughs> But I also I don't want again I don't want to go there because I don't want to take anything away from Verlander. Maybe he's this is just who he is. Maybe he's just That's, this type of pitcher, and and maybe he just wasn't Detroit wasn't doing it for him or something. I don't know. That's the thing about I was gonna say about the steroids before. Like I don't want to say it's steroids because I remember when his teammate got called for steroids on the Tigers. I think it was. Yeah. And he called him out. I think like he didn't have his back. He was like against the whole steroid thing. So not to mention that the guy like complained about juiced baseball. So right. It would be really, it would be, a, it would be like a real dick move if he's complaining about all these things and ends up being like a use, a user of PDs. So I don't oh, think man. it's steroids, man. I think the guy just knows how to pitch, but he still does throw hard. Like <laughs> that's the thing. Like physically, he's still, he's still as good as a pitcher he's ever been. 
But he might just be a better pitcher now. I don't know. Right. And then and then the other argument is in the National League you have Max Scherzer, his former teammate, is also pitching probably better than he ever has before. And he's a year older. He's thirty four years old. So maybe this is just the prime for pitchers. Maybe this is when they start learning how to pitch instead of just, you know, being flamethrowers and they become better at their job. I don't know. I don't I mean, to throw ninety seven miles an hour at thirty six years old in the last pitch of the game when you've thrown hundred and twenty some odd pitches. I'm just like, what? It's insane. Sure, I mean, Scherzer's another one. Scherzer could still go back and get 96, 97. You know, I just think, I don't know. I'm starting to think that these two guys are just like, they're just this er, this generation's greatest of all time yeah. pitchers. Like, those, those two, Kershaw, mm-hmm. are like the one, two, three. You know, one of them will come edge out the other for like the greatest of all time in the end, I guess, like once it's all over. But right now, those guys are just like, timeless i don't know it's it's weird and clayton kershaw is another one he doesn't have the fastball anymore but he's still his breaking ball his his he's just a master pitcher this guy he's having a great season again yeah wow i'm looking at the numbers right now jesus christ (laughs) yeah right crazy in the league in fip yep strikeouts per nine strikeouts per nine who are you looking at kershaw no no i'm looking at (laughs) Oh, I'm looking say. at Scherzer. Whoops. No, Scherzer's leading in FIP. <clears throat> and in the fact that Scherzer's leading on strikeouts per nine, man, that's just... I love it. And it's gone up every year. If you look at it, it's gone up every single year since 20, 2013, his strikeout rate. Well we, know, well, we know hitters are striking out more than ever, so maybe these yeah. guys are... Maybe these guys are prolonging their careers longer. Like, if they, if they stayed in the same era of baseball where they started, maybe they would have never been these types of pitchers. But maybe, like, this... New age age of batters not really caring about striking out is, has kept them like you know has, was, they keep using it to their advantage. I was curious to see batters faced if that number had gone down too, but no, it, it hasn't. They're still facing a lot of batters. I mean, yeah, there was a point where Scherzer faced nine hundred batters, and now he's not. He's not. Well, he's coming close to it, but yeah, it's crazy. Whatever. I mean, we're lucky to see this. I'm not going to lie. Ver- Verlander's never been my cup of tea, but I really I liked seeing him do that yesterday because. Wait, why not? I don't I don't know. I, there's just something that rubs me wrong about the guy. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because he he's, wanted... but... he's not with the Yankees. Maybe that's what it, I'm not sure. Um... <laughs> is it because he wanted? Is it because he won an MVP award? He shouldn't have won that. That was ridiculous. But anyway, is that is the, that why you don't like him though? Like, no, it's not. It's not even that I don't like him. It's just I don't know. Like, if you were to if you were to give me a choice between Verlander, Scherzer, and Kershaw, I think Verlander would be my last choice. Even though that's probably the dumbest decision because clearly the guy is better than he ever been has ever been before, and he's pitching in a tougher league in the American League, um, and he's still a fucking monster. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I feel like that about him. Was I saying something before this? I can't remember. We should come back to that because I kind of want to figure out why. I mean, I used to have a thing against Miguel Cabrera back in the day, but I'm over that. I'm over Miggy, too. He used to annoy me, too. It's just like a personal thing. It's just like you ever like this is going to sound so horrible, like I'm some sort of vain little bitch or something. But anyway, you're human. You ever, you ever just look at someone and you're just like, ah, God, like I just want to just want to punch that guy in the face. <laughs> I don't remember the last time that thought crossed my mind, but yes, I know what you're talking about. It's, you know it's happening. I mean? yeah, 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 I get you. I get you. I get yeah, you. It's just there's something something like that. Anyway, let's move on to the last baseball story. Uh, Carlos Carrasco makes his return yesterday after being diagnosed with leukemia, and this is what it sounded like. And then I have some comments about 
the reception that he got in Tampa, and then the announcers. Let's listen in. Cookie has been out since early June when he was diagnosed with leukemia. And the Tampa players are all out on the top step of the dugout giving him a standing ovation. I think Cookie's a little bit emotional right now, and Lindor's just trying to make sure he stays focused on the job at hand. Understandably, a wide range of emotions for Carlos Carrasco right here. All right, so two things. One, I thought that that was really good. that was an amazing ovation that he got. You can't really hear it that well in the in the broadcast here, and I'll tell you why in a second. But anyway, it was a good ovation. The Tampa Bay players came out of the dugout. People started chanting "Cookie." Uh, he started to cry. So Lindor comes in and hugs him and embraces him, or whatever. Um, but this is my criticism: the fucking announcer needs to shut the fuck up in this moment. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a professional announcer. I never went to broadcasting school. I don't know what they teach you or whatever. But one of the things that I really appreciate from the announcers that I listen to, which is Michael K, sometimes John Sterling. Um, because I am a Yankees fan and I lived in the New York City area for, for most of my life or whatever, and, and that's that's what I follow, is that when there's a moment like this, they let you absorb it, whether it be on the radio or on TV. They step back and they say nothing, and they let you hear the reception. And I appreciate that because that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear your comments about it. I know what Carrasco's been going through. Um, and you could tell me about it afterwards. You could tell me about it in between pitches. You could tell me about it in between innings. Um but the guy just fucking stepped all over the guy's fucking moment in that time. And I know that I'm being picky, but like, fuck, man. Yesterday when I was looking for sound to to put to the uh, for this, all I could hear is this guy's voice in the background. Like, I can't hear <laughs> the reception. I can't like I can't give people a sense of how you know how how nice it was. You know what I mean? Sorry, yeah, man. yeah. I just I turned get... this about the announcer instead of Cookie. Shouldn't have done that. No, I get you. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Man, that call Carrasco, I could have used him in my fantasy baseball season. Now I'm going to make this about me. <laughs> now I'm going to make this about me. <laughs> now I'm kidding, man. Like, it's like, I feel like my fantasy season is just like a slap in the face. Like He comes back on the last day. Like, <laughs> he didn't. He, he only pitched one inning. He allowed a run. He probably gave you negatives anyway. Negative one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nothing, yeah whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, though, man. And sometimes I think that's the problem I have with Joe Buck. Like, the guy doesn't shut up. And even when, he, even when he speaks, he's just saying, like, irrelevant shit. Like... Like, like he'll be like, and it's daylight in this baseball game. Like, it's daytime. It's one o'clock here on the East Coast. Oh so it's daytime. <laughs> Yo. But yeah, you're right. I was I mean, I didn't listen to that and get that. I didn't get that impression from listening to it the first time. But I'm sure if I watched the visual with it, I would have agreed. I, I was, I'm just like, shut up, dude, dude, shut up. Let me just watch. So there was another I think it was Jared Carabas of, of, uh, of Barstool Sports posted another video of it. And it was. MLB is doing something new this year. It looks like where they where they have it looks like someone with like a regular D DSL camera, a digital camera or whatever, um, from on the field recording it, and you get a, a better sense of it. But I, to me, that one didn't sound as good either, um, and you couldn't get a sense of of like what was really going on. But this guy, man, I don't know what his name is. I'm sure that he's a good announcer, but you you fuck this one up, man. <laughs> Thanks for fucking it up. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. Hey, to the they, yeah, thank you for Carl. Thank you, Carl Carrasco, for being strong and coming back and pitching in the major leagues when everyone said that you probably done for the season. Yeah, that was that was pretty incredible. That was magic, um, man. Good shit. NBA talk. 
So it's been reported that Carmelo Anthony could be teaming up with KD and Kyrie in Brooklyn. Um, what do you think? What do you think about that move? I think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> really? You think so? Yeah, man. I'm telling you, I'm done with the Carmelo drama. I don't care. Even if that guy comes and says, listen, I'll be on the bench. I'll only come off if you need me. I understand if this and that, you know, it's like I understand that there's a chance if we make it to the playoffs, I don't even, I don't even ever see the floor. I get it. I'm cool with all that. I just want to be on a team. I don't believe that. Like, I really don't believe that because the argument is that everybody says, well, isn't Carmelo better than all the 200-something players in the NBA? Well, isn't the argument going to be that isn't he better than the first eight people that are ahead of him? Isn't he better than one of those eight? I'm pretty sure he is. I'm, I'm not denying that the guy can't score in the NBA. It's just him being on a team is going to draw unnecessary drama. And I don't care what anybody says. I think that's important on any any team, like anything, like football, basketball, baseball, women's volleyball. You know, I think like you have a character like that's going to draw their own media attention. If your team isn't successful, like it's just going to be unnecessary drama. So yeah. I kind of wish that Marlon thing would just end. Like, what does that guy need to play for? Like, is isn't he like already kind of like a shoe in for the Hall of Fame? And uh, Carmelo, I don't know, is he? I hear a lot. Of, I hear a lot of people refer to him that he has a Hall of Fame career. And that's I mean, the thing, okay. that's the thing with Here's basketball the- is that you can you could just shoot and shoot like, all right, I was I was about to like throw me into the NBA and make myself a Hall of Fame player. But that's that's not possible. But you can take a, a decent basketball player who could compete among the guys in the NBA and just feed them and just say, like, the, uh, run an experiment, take a shitty team, take the Knicks. Fuck it. They suck. And just say, here you go, man. Just every time you get the ball, just fucking shoot the ball. And the guy, the, he could score 30 points a game. And that's what Melo yeah. was. And I'm not, I don't want to shit on his career. Everybody calls him a scorer or whatever. But was he an efficient scorer? Like, what I remember from him being with the Knicks, that he was like a like a, a regular 30 to 35% uh, uh, shooter. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he was a prolific, like he would drop, you know, tw- you know 10 out of 12 threes like you see fucking Steph Curry do sometimes. Like... I call Steph yeah, yeah. Curry a scorer. I call um, um, some of his KD. other teammates scorers. KD a scorer. I don't think Melo is a scorer. I think Mer- Melo is a – he's just a shooter. A free. Th- he's just a free shooter. He just – whenever he gets the ball, he isolates and he shoots the ball. And he's going to miss more than half of his shots. But he takes so many fucking shots that he's going to score 30 points a night. Um, and that doesn't – to me, that doesn't equate to winning basketball. And I think that's that's why – I mean, for me, that's why, you know, I liked him. I, I was really excited when he came to the Knicks and stuff. But once I saw what kind of player he was, I was like, this is never going to work. It's never going to work on any team with a player like this. It's never going to work. And he he's never going to have that role on a team ever again. He's not going to walk on the nets and be like the po- starting power forward to yeah. Kyrie or anything like that. I get it. But that's that's my point. Like, then why have him on the team? Like, right. he's probably more talented than your sixth man off the bench, you know? Yeah, the Nets. I'm I'm just speaking of the Nets in this case, but why? What's the point? Yeah, like I mean, yeah. Every everyone's everyone's kind of saying that the Nets might not even you know what do are they really set to go to the finals with KD probably only coming back like around playoff time? Well, no. If that's the case, then if you guys are making the argument why you want him on the Nets to help you win, wouldn't that be better for next year? So are we supposed to think that the Nets are going to take Carmelo on for the next two seasons? Like, right? Yeah, I'm just I'm good with what I'm saying is that I'm good with the Carmelo. If, Already, if, I'm good. If the problem is that the Brooklyn Nets have salary to fill, because I think the NBA does have a salary floor. I don't think you could just not spend money. Um, and you need a roster spot to fill, then maybe he's better than the alternative. 
But yeah. is he going to make a difference to your team? I'm not sure that he is, especially at this point in his career. Um, but whatever. I agree with you. Like, I'm, what, I'm done with the melodrama. Like, drama. But why the Nets, right? Why do why does KD and why do KD and, and uh, Kyrie have to come out and say that? Like, why? What was the point of that? No, I don't do know. you guys really need that? Like, like aren't the Nets? Didn't the Nets set it up for you guys perfectly? Isn't this your team? Like, you guys got to come out and just throw Carmelo into the hat, like into the into the pot of Maybe all this shit. Taking care of their boy or something. Who you know? cares though? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm good already, guys. Like, we get it. You guys are like the banana bow buddies or something or whatever the hell that. <laughs> That thing is, but can you guys just shut up and be and and Nets? Like I haven't even heard about Kyrie and KD on the Nets since no. they signed. I haven't heard like any like, hey, what's up? This is Kevin Durant. Like you know, officially, I'm with the Nets, guys. And uh, you know, this day will forever be known as KD Day on in you know in in Barclays Center. I don't know, man. Do, do, do you kind of get what I'm getting at? I know what you mean, yeah. Like maybe it's, maybe heard, because KD's still hurt, he's not gonna play for a while. Maybe they're they're not they don't they don't want to get the fans too hyped to to then be disappointed when the regular season rolls around. I guess my point is is that I haven't heard shit from. Sorry for cursing. I haven't heard shit from I've been KD. Cursing all episode. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard shit from KD or Kyrie since signing with the Nets. And the first thing, even if it's not directly from their mouth, but the first thing I hear in a report is. They think Carmelo will be a good fit for the Nets. No, shut up, man. Like, <laughs> you don't need this. Oh, man. And can Carmelo go to like a team like the Hawks or something? Like, can he go somewhere where, like, if Just it's go not to the about, Knicks? I mean, go to the Knicks. I mean, that's that not happen, but fuck it. I mean, <sighs> they're irrelevant. You're irrelevant. You're, you're made for each other. Just, you know, go to the Knicks. I'm not saying Carmelo's irrelevant because I obviously people are talking about it. Makes him like I, he has some relevancy, but does it have to be the Nets? Can it be like the Hornets? Can it be like? <laughs> can it be like? I'm trying to think of like another team. Can it be like the Bobcats? Is right. the Bobcats and the Hornets the same? I don't even know the Pelicans. Pelicans. Can it be the Pelicans? Can you go join Zion Williamson and yeah. be the sixth man off that bench, and then really and then really humble yourself that you're gonna be like the eighth man off the bench in a team with like a bunch of 22 year olds or 19 year olds <laughs> and 20 year olds? Like you can go. Anyways. You can go hang out with Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is that the dad? <laughs> Lonzo Ball. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lonzo is the player. What is his dad's name? Lonzo is the player. His the, dad's name is. He's annoying as fuck. That's all I know. Yeah, I forget his name. All right. The next. The next story is kind of stupid. It'll probably take us like two seconds, but it involves Taco Tuesday, which I find super annoying, by the way. But LeBron James has filed a trademark for that. Taco Tuesday. Phrase, which apparently has become viral on social media and on the internet, and it sounds like he's gonna start a podcast called Taco Tuesday. Um, but I don't know if you have any expertise in this area, CT. What the fuck does it mean if somebody trademarks Taco Tuesday? Does it mean that like I'm not allowed to play this Taco Tuesday over and over again, or I might get sued by LeBron James? I don't really know the laws or rules behind, you know, getting something trademarked, but I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here. I have a feeling that you can't use that and make money off of it. You can use it, but you just can't make money off of it. Gotcha. That money goes that money goes to LeBron James is what I okay. think. But they and I, I don't know if I'm wrong about this, but he's not the first guy to do Taco Tuesday. Taco and, and Tuesday is like a Taco Tuesday is like a thing. Right. In many places. Can I go file a trademark on uh what is it, Throwback Thursday or whatever? 
No, I don't think you can. I think someone's definitely tried doing that before. I mean, I I'm just saying. I don't even understand this. Like, like when people I, like insure, like like J Lo insures her ass or something like that. Like, like if her ass gets all saggy and shit, I guess what does insurance pay up on it? Like, oh shit! Like, wait, that's a real it. thing. Like, she really apparently, did that. Apparently, yeah. She insured her ass. Something like, and actors so wait, do it too. Like, like, like Tom. Cruise, pe- people are always wondering how Tom Cruise gets gets picked up for movies because he likes to do his own stunts. But you need insurance for that. So insurance policies, if they look at a guy like Tom Cruise, I'm going way off target here. But anyway, if they look at a guy <laughs> like Tom Cruise hanging off of the side of a plane, an insurance company is going to say, well, I'm going to charge you a shitload of money because there's a, there's a high probability that he's going to fall off that plane and we're going to have to pay you millions of dollars or whatever to make up yeah. for it. Um, it's kind of like that. Like That's kind of what... That's one of the things that's made J-Lo so popular is her, is her hiney. Um yeah, so, yeah, but you said insure her ass. What is her ass fake? Uh, who the fuck knows? I don't. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I got. It. I'm. I'm just taken back by all this. Let's, let's get back on course to Taco Tuesday. <laughs> I know for a fact. Taco Hold on a Tuesday, second. Hold on like a second. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Listen, I've been to bars or restaurants or Chevy's, Chili's, whatever. And on Tuesdays, they do have a Taco Tuesdays. One of those restaurants do. I know for a fact. I know. Taco Tuesday wasn't just something I heard a couple months ago when LeBron James started being, you know, the funny guy. And let me but, throw this on there, man. LeBron yeah. James is annoying. He's a, he's an annoying character. He's starting to annoy me too. I really like LeBron annoying. James. He, I think I think that he gets disrespected in the game of basketball. I think I feel about LeBron James like you feel about A Rod when it comes to the NBA. Like I think yeah, that yeah, he yeah. gets shat on way too much for no reason. Um, for no reason, and it doesn't make any sense. But he's starting to annoy the shit out of me. Yeah, man, he's annoying, and like it's gonna be even more annoying when the Lakers, if they don't succeed this season, it's gonna be even more annoying when what his reasoning behind all of it. Yeah, I find him kind of annoying, man. This Taco just, Tuesday shit yeah. just ties the ties the knot on that bow right there of how annoying I find him sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and I just don't I don't understand what the necessity is to trademark something. Like, can't you just you could use it, just use it whenever you want. Why do you need to trademark it? Like, it it almost feels like to me, it feels like a a way to go after people unnecessarily because what for what for what other like I, we didn't trademark welcome to the show podcast i mean clearly we're not as big as lebron james but if somebody else wants to use welcome to the show for something go ahead like we we don't own those words you know what i mean like i, I don't know i don't think people should put i don't think people and again i gotta look at this me too i sound like, like i gotta I look, sound like an idiot right now yeah, I got to look more into this, but it just seems like if it is for the podcast, then what's the big deal of somebody else? I guess I got to look more into it, but <laughs> I don't think people should put patents on any words or yeah. phrases. Like, Same here. Yeah, I don't know, but we're going to look more into this, you know, and we'll get, we'll probably talk about this again when this, you know, patent or trademark thing gets shut down because I can't see how he actually gets this one yeah. Or how he succeeds in getting this, we shall see. The yeah. the, la- the last thing on the NBA uh, aspect of things is last week I went on a podcast binging thing. My wife got, got me those AirPods like for my birthday, I think it was last year. And lately, I've been using them a lot more than I have before, just because like I just realized if I'm cooking or if I'm cleaning or if I'm if I'm doing yard work or whatever, I could just pop one ear in and listen to whatever instead of just being here in silence which i probably should do more of but anyway 
Um, so I binged ESPN's 30 for 30 podcast. The latest one is on Donald Sterling. It's called the Donald Sterling Affairs. Um, yeah. If you don't remember what happened with Don Sterling, he was the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers for I don't know how many years. And he was having an affair with a woman, V. v Stiviano, I think her name was. And uh, he, she recorded him saying racist things about his players, about her hanging out with his players, about showing up in places with black people, taking pictures with black people, so on and so forth. Um, it went on to where the NBA banned him for life. And then eventually they ended up selling the team to, I can't remember who it was, the guy who used to be the Microsoft guy. I can't remember what his name was. Um, Steve Ballmer. I think that's, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but they pose a really good question on it. And they've been talking a lot about it on ESPN lately. Um, I know that Stephen A. Smith said he doesn't have a problem with this. But anyway, the question is, should should the NBA and all professional sports look to change the term owner when referring to the relationship between team owners and their players? So, for example, Donald Sterling, when they drafted Blake Griffin, he would he would be flaunting Blake Griffin around and bring him to parties and stuff and refer to himself as Blake Griffin's owner. Like, I own this person. And Blake Griffin clearly... He's of, I think he's of mixed race. He's African-American and white, white I think. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, there is some African-American there. Um, and he spoke about how he felt uncomfortable with that sometimes. And a lot of his players uh, spoke about how they felt uncomfortable with the way he was treating them. Like, he'd bring people into the locker room while they were undressed and stuff. And he'd be smacking, like, their chest. Like, look how strong this man is or whatever. <laughs> I own this Jesus guy. Christ. It felt like Django <laughs> Unchained. You know what I mean? I was like, just about to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this... Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. And it got me to thinking, like, I've never really thought of that. Like, like in, in sports, you trade you trade players, you know what I mean? Oh, you God. Re- so so you, the question is, is that should we rephrase the word owner and trades and... Should we that- rephrase the word? Like, clearly, like, clearly Donald Sterling owned the Los Angeles Clippers. So he had to pay... For whatever building that they're playing in, for the for the electricity that goes into that building, for all the merchandising, all that stuff comes out of his pocket. Anything that that's related to money, he paid for it. So clearly, he owns the team. But should we start thinking about how we refer to to that person, the owner, when referring to his relationship to players? Should we be calling him their owner? Uh. I think it's okay because it's just one guy that clearly was racist and just so happened to be the owner of that NBA team and he treated those guys like animals. Mm. But I think it's, I don't think it's a reason to just, I mean, go ahead, do what you want, but does that really change anything? I mean, if, if you're not called an owner anymore, now you're called like the keeper or something. <laughs> does that really change like employer? Would that have changed Don Sterling's or whatever that guy's name is? Ster- What's his name? Uh, Donald Sterling, yeah. Donald Sterling. Would that really have changed the way he treated these guys or how he, you know, abused his power? It, like, would him have been called, you know, the... <laughs> Every word I think of relates back to, like, a slavery. I was going to say the master, but that's, like, a slavery <laughs> thing. If he had worse. Been called, if he had been called, like, the purchaser, the purchaser of the team or something, would that have changed anything? So I, th- I think that... I think it's okay to refer to him as an owner when you're referring to the team as a whole. Like, like he owns the New York Knicks. What I don't think it's okay to do is to say that Jim Dolan owns 
Carmelo Anthony, or Carmelo Anthony, or something. Yeah. Yeah, I get that, but who's really saying that besides him? <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's my point. The point, my point is like, if this was like an ongoing thing where like a guy becomes the owner of an NBA team and all of a sudden the first thing he does the next day is like roll out of bed, drive down to like I don't know LeBron's house and say like, hey, what's up? Like, I'm your owner, by the way, and don't ever forget <laughs> that. And yeah, like show up to work early tomorrow or something. Then I think you know, we, if every owner did that <laughs> after becoming an owner, we'd have a problem. But just because oh, one guy man. was acting like a like a, a total racist. Uh, you know, I don't think changing, you know, going as far as to changing vocabulary doesn't really, I don't see the point. Yeah. Okay. Just me though. No, I, no, I got you. I got you. Um, what do you think? What do you think? I, I think that it, 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 it be, it's, I get it because I can't think of another line of work in America or in the world where you can trade your, your employees around. For money or for more talent or for less talent or whatever. Like, they're just a commodity. And I think that because these guys make so much money, I'm talking about the players, that people kind of overlook it. They're like, well, who gives a shit? This guy's making $10 million. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at the history of the country and the race or ethnicity of a given person, I could see why some people would be sensitive about it. Like, I could see why Blake Griffin felt uncomfortable when Donald Sterling is walking around acting him like he's his property. You know what I mean? No, um, yeah, no, I would definitely feel uncomfortable if I was in Blake but Griffin's to, to your shoe. point, to your point, I'm not sure if if any other owners are doing that. I'm sure that there are some other owners that have the same sentiments that he does. But I don't know about that yet. You know what I mean? I guess I guess it depends on the situation, you know? Yeah. And wow, it's got deep. Yeah, man. I, I think Blake Griffin should definitely have the right was right to feel uncomfortable about that. I would have felt uncomfortable too, but at the same time, it's like, isn't it common sense that that's kind of wrong in its own? Like looking at the, going through that, I would get a sense that this was wrong and I should do something about it. I feel like Blake Griffin should have done something about it. Yeah, yeah, spoken out or something, or some or like right in front of everybody, like get get Sterling and just like put him in a headlock, be like, hey, come here, you knucklehead, like. You know, you don't mean that. Like, you know, I'm way than <laughs> <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, I'll pose that to you guys, and I'll put it on social media. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that we should reconsider how how we refer to the owner of a team when refer when referring to the relationship between the owner and their players? Um, we used to have a, a voicemail line, but I don't remember what it was. Put it out on social media. Fuck it, if you want. <laughs> Or don't. All right, let's move on to the NFL. Maybe we can lighten things up a little bit. So there's three main stories that I saw last week. Um, the first one is Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, his situation in Dallas. Um, he's still holding out. So I'm not sure if you've been following this, but I wanted to ask who has the upper hand. Who has the upper hand here? Will he get his raise, or will he just continue sitting out? I don't know. It's kind of tough. Uh, I think who has the upper hand? I think Jerry Jones has the upper hand because Jerry Jones and I'm not a Cowboys fan and I'm not the biggest NFL fan. But just from what I've heard off of like, you know, podcasts or sports radio, it's just that Jerry Jones has a really good relationship with the players. So I feel like the team has Jerry Jones back. Uh, they're a good team without Ezekiel Elliott. 
I'm not saying Ezekiel Elliott isn't important. He's super important on the team. He's, one probably, he's probably the best running back in the league. But the team is good without Ezekiel Elliott. And why I feel Jerry Jones has the upper hand is because if that season starts and it's the same thing that happened with the Steelers where they kind of just plugged in a different guy and put he put up Le'Veon Bell numbers or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, if that happens again, then it kind of takes away for what the money that he could make. So what I heard was that there was a deal in place, but it didn't go through. So mm-hmm. it would suck if, you know, after football starts and they, they're, they're competing without Ezekiel Elliott, you know, that deal that was originally offered, I, I would imagine it would go down. So it just kind of sucks. I, I kind of hate that Ezekiel is doing this because he agreed to play for that contract mm-hmm. and it's two years out. So, like, what's to stop him from, you know, what's to stop? He wants to be, like, the highest paid running back. What's to stop him from holding out at the end of the new contract that he signs earlier when he's no longer the highest paid running back anymore, you know? Yeah. So, think- but, Yeah. So I'm looking through Twitter now, and it's saying that they're close to to completing a contract that they spent the whole day yesterday going back and forth on contract ideas. I think, and I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but I think that in the NFL, if you if you receive a rookie contract and you outperform it in terms of like what your peers are getting paid, <clears throat> that you can challenge it to try to get a raise. Like I think that's part of the rules. What I'm not sure about is do the owners have to do the owners have to then restructure your deal? And what it sounds like is that the owners don't have to. It sounds like Ezekiel Elliott has a has the right to contract to 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 request a raise, but I don't think that the owners have to give you that raise. I don't know if that even makes any sense, but I'm pretty no, sure it, that that's some sort of rule in the NFL. It makes sense, but I think people usually go into that on their last year. He's two years, two years, yeah, still, you know, and and. The agreement is that he would have played that he would have played out that contract. So he's right. he's voiding that agreement, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um and I, I think I think that the problem here, I think that the underlying issue with this, and I agree with you, I think the Cowboys have the upper hand. They play in a division that nobody nobody's gonna be a contender in that division, except for maybe the Eagles. Um so they kind of don't need him for the first couple of weeks. Like they could let this drag out and let him suffer. Um, but I think the underlying issue with all of this and all these contractual problems is that if, if Ezekiel Elliott gets hurt, they can just cut him and not pay him. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think he's he's trying to secure as much as he can now just in case something happens moving forward. Because the position that he does play is taxing and you can get hurt and ha- it has a you know a high rate of, of injury. So I yeah, don't definitely. blame him, but I don't think he has. I agree with you. I don't think he has the upper hand for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. <laughs> All right, the second thing was the Miami Dolphins. They go and they trade for Josh Rosen, who was a top 10 draft pick last year, I believe, or he was a first-round pick. Was he top 10? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, I'm pretty sure because it was the Cardinals, and the Cardinals drafted pretty high. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you right now. You can continue. Um, And they decided that they were going to go, even though the Miami Dolphins are not going to compete for anything this year, let's be real. They decided they're going they're going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick over Josh Rosen. And I do have some sound, and this sound kind of doesn't say much, but I think it's funny. Um, this is the Dolphins coach, Ryan Flores. You know, Josh was they both handled it well. These these He's referring to when he announced when he told them I've that Fitzpatrick around. was going to be uh, the they quarterback. Both handled it really well. Obviously Fitz was excited. Uh Josh was a little disappointed, but at the same time he he uh you know, he looked at me and said you know, 
Well, I'll keep that conversation between he and I. I'll keep that conversation <laughs> okay. between he and I. So I don't even know what the point of him saying that whole thing was, but I wanted to ask you, CT. You're Josh Rosen, and you're told that you're that Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter. What do you think Josh Rosen said to Brian Flores? Um, <laughs> I think he's probably thinks that I think he thinks that he's you know. He just this is just adding on to the embarrassment of what his career has been so far. I mean, he was dra- so I've looked it up in 2018. He was the first round pick, pick number ten in the first round. Okay, so yeah, he was top ten. So um, usually, right, guys that are drafted as a any any guys that are drafted in the top ten are are probably going to start in their rookie season, right? Like you don't draft a quarterback in the first like the Giants did, and you know I think the Giants are like the only exception. With Eli starting this this season, yeah. and Daniel Jones being the sixth pick, sixth overall pick, uh, is going to be on the, you know behind them. So I think Josh Rosen thinking like you know I was I was drafted in the top ten. Um, I feel like I wasn't given a fair shot with the Cardinals. Our team sucked, and then the Cardinals fire the head coach, and then they draft another quarterback with the first overall pick. Yeah. So even just off, you know, where we were picked alone, pick projections, this guy's projected to be better than me. I don't even have a say in this. You know, I got traded to the Dolphins or whatever. So the, the Cardinals get rid of him. And he's, you know, he's still like a top 10 pick. So you still think that he would get the starting position or at least, you know, get the opportunity, which I think he was given an opportunity. But I think it's good that he's not starting because usually these quarterbacks sit back and, and you know, they study and learn behind a veteran quarterback for like three seasons or two seasons, which might be a good thing for him. You know, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he, maybe the Cardinals were desperate when they drafted him and that's why he had to start, but maybe he wasn't red NFL ready. You know, maybe that's all the Cardinals had. But, but if you're Um, the Dolphins, you traded away a second round pick for Josh Rosen, who's in his second year. Um, and, and you're not, you're not a competitive team. So, and what are you going to learn from Fitzpatrick? He'll have a good game one game, and then he'll have a, he'll throw up a clunker the next. Like, I would rather it's, this guy get his his reps and and his experience now and get comfortable with it. Um, and here's another conspiracy theory that people are throwing around: Are the Dolphins looking to trade Rosen to the Colts now that Andrew Luck has retired? And does that even make any sense? Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, that, that's cool. Like, it's it's actually interesting I, I didn't even think about that but the the thing is that he, he rosen is still a top 10 draft pick that to me like if he doesn't that gives him like a three-year window to to you know to learn in advance if he's not nfl ready then they shouldn't just be rolling him out there because he can further d- damage like his his psyche you know like he could yeah. further damage what he thinks or his confidence in in the nfl you know like he these guys probably shouldn't be thrown into the fire just because he plays for Miami doesn't mean, you know, he's still going to face the Patriots. He's still going to face the Jets and the Bills. Those are still things that he shouldn't just be thrown into mm-hmm. when he could probably be developed like he like he pro- like he could have been like Aaron Rodgers was like yeah, these yeah. guys were able to develop. They didn't just get drafted and they weren't thrown into the fire automatically. You know, that doesn't always work out. Right. As a matter of fact, I can't think of a lot of cases where that always works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where a well, guy's drafted top 10 and he just takes over in his first year and takes over the second year and third year and so on, you know? Uh, I can't. I don't know why I can't. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, 
last year. Yeah, Baker Baker Mayfield did good, but I but if he starts this season and and looks mediocre or even bad, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I would think like this guy is still trying to prove himself. Yeah, you know that that's Baker Mayfield. Another guy like uh, you know, um, Jared Goff. What is this, like his third season or is like his fourth mm. season or whatever? You know, now this is like where he should be the guy they drafted him to be. Yeah. So, but that's interesting with them trading into the Colts. That'd be that would be pretty cool on the. It it also Dolphins makes me it also makes me wonder like are they seeing something? Did the Cardinals and now the the um the the Dolphins are they seeing something in Rosen that maybe they don't have faith in him because it almost to me it almost looks like the Cardin the the Dolphins know that they're not going to win this year. It almost seems like a tanking kind of season. But you traded away a second round draft pick. That's what I don't understand. Like. Could you not yeah, have gotten, still, I don't know. I mean, but it still doesn't. Yeah, they traded away a second round draft pick for Rosen. But the, does that mean that they have to start him and still have a losing season? Like, wouldn't you rather him study a couple weeks under Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's a who's a veteran quarterback that has more than a decade in, in the NFL. So as bad as he is, you know, he still manages to get a starting position yeah. on a team and, and still put up, you know, decent numbers. So is it so bad that he kind of, you know, stays behind Fitzpatrick for a couple of things for a couple of uh, uh, weeks. I mean, I don't know how long he's been on the Dolphins, but I can't imagine that he unlearned everything from the Cardinals playbook and now learned knows everything from the Dolphins. Like, I'd rather have Josh Rosen start a game where he's where he knows the playbook in, inside it out and he's had more time to practice in between, you know, and then put him out there for for like towards the middle end of the season, which is how they usually do it for quarterbacks. If you think about it. All right, I'll concede. You win. Um, I didn't even know debating, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last thing is uh, Gronkowski had some comments while he was, I guess he was presenting or maybe he was being announced that he was becoming, that he was partnering partnering up with CBD Medic. Um, is that what it's called? Yeah, CBD Medic. CBD is, uh, is a type of oil, I guess it is, that derives from hemp or marijuana. And he had some comments regarding his retirement, why he chose to retire at such an early age. And this is just some of what he had to say. But I want to be clear to my fans. I needed to recover. I was not in a good place. Football was bringing me down. And I didn't like it. And I was losing that joy in life. Like, the joy. I'm sorry right now, but, oh, (laughs) dang, let me, oh. I really was, and I was fighting through it, and I knew what I signed up for, and I knew what I was fighting through, and I knew I just have to fix myself. But I want- so, um, and he also referred to there that he did retire, but he's not ruling out the possibility of coming back, whether it be this year, next year, the year after, or maybe not even coming back at all. And a lot of what he had to say is in relation, I think he's referring to how often he was hurt. He was a very physical player because he's so big. He just run into people. Um, and it kind of reminds me of what, what Andrew Luck was kind of going through. And it's making me wonder, again, I wrote a piece about this on, on Call to the Pen last week. There was a study that just came out. Um, I think it's called At- something Aspen Something is the, the group that studied it from 2013 to 2018. The number of kids playing football has dropped significantly, and the number of kids playing basketball and baseball has increased significantly. So it sounds like a lot of people are being turned off by the game of football. And I'm wondering if 
you know, this is these are two top-notch players in Andrew Luck and and Gronkowski who are walking away from the game in 2019. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that that football's in trouble or or what? You know, I really don't think it's in trouble because I feel like if Americans aren't going to suit up and and play football or if these kids are giving up on football and I don't think it's just football I think it's all sports in general I think I saw something the other day or there's a commercial that runs in between MLB games like on MLB TV and I'm not even going to repeat the number because it's it's irrelevant it's just something it was a metric about how less and less kids are participating in like team of team sports and Mm -hmm. stuff you know, they're just kind of like doing other things and like, what can we do about it? I'm just like, you know, if those if the kids in this country don't want to play sports anymore, we're going to get that talent from international players, I think. Yeah. So I think it's, it's going to be the same thing with football. You know, they're just going to have to go scout guys across seas, which they're probably already doing, but it's just going to have to be more of it. You know, I'm pretty sure there's poor kids out there as bad as football is. I think, you know, less fortunate kids are always going to go for it. You know, yeah, just off, just based off what you can achieve if you do if you do make it, you know, right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I think that football gets a lot of help from fantasy leagues and from betting and from betting. Betting is a uh, football is a big betting sport. Um, so I think that that's going to keep it relevant for a long time. But I think that. I mean, for me, I'm happy that that more kids are playing baseball and basketball. But I don't, like even I, I'm starting to feel kind of uncomfortable when I see these kinds of hits that players are, are going through, and 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 we're seeing it less now. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so if you, so if you, I mean, we we have you have a a nephew that plays football. Mm-hmm. Do you have any concerns about that, or do you think he's okay? I would prefer that he play another sport, personally. He does, though, right? No, he doesn't. Oh, he doesn't play baseball anymore? <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think he should. Just, I think I think that a lot of studies have shown that if you play a lot of different sports, that the chances of you being more successful in a given sport or whatever are higher um, instead of just focusing on one sport. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I personally, I would, I would prefer if he had played another sport, basketball, even soccer. Isn't is you know, soccer is also on the same level as the NFL. They, uh, the le- no, no, no. I'm not saying that I want soccer. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I hate soccer. <laughs> I can't stand soccer. I'm talking about in terms of injury. The injuries in soccer yeah. are, I think, in some cases, sometimes are even worse. I think there are more concussions in soccer than there are in football. Yeah. Um, so. Even I, I hate soccer, so I've told my wife I don't want my I don't want my kids playing soccer because I don't understand the sport. Soccer moms <laughs> annoy me, so on and so forth. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, for my nephew, I would wish I would hope that he would play something else personally. But what do okay. you do? All right. I don't know how I don't know how I would treat my son wanting to play football because I feel like I, I would would've... never I, I would never stop my kid. Like if I had a son and he wanted to play football and he was passionate about it. I would encourage it as much as like, okay, if that's what you're passionate about, yeah. go for it. Like, absolutely, 100%. Um, but, but play quarterback. Yeah, play quarterback. But um, but I would also encourage him to play other sports as well. Maybe he'll find passion in basketball or, or baseball or tennis or whatever. Um, but I don't have a son, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hopefully they don't come out with a WNFL. Oh man, there is the there was something where women were playing uh, football in like lingerie, lingerie. Yeah, the, yeah, the lingerie league or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I never watched that. Um, I watched this Spike TV a couple times. <laughs> boring, super boring. <laughs> All right, that was the welcome to the show podcast, everybody. Remember that this is an independently produced podcast. It's produced by me and CT. Help us grow by taking two minutes to leave a five-star rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. Another announcement, which I should have done at the top of the show, but whatever. We have another podcast coming out called The Replay Podcast, um, where we're going to be revisiting some of your favorites. Favorite movies, TV shows, music albums, whatever it is that you can put on, rewind it, watch it, put on, rewind it, listen to it, whatever. You can do it over and over and over and over again because you love it so much. We're going to bring those back and break it down to the best of our ability. And in this first episode that's coming out this Friday, uh, we're going to be breaking down Jay-Z's album, The Hard Knock Life from 1998. And then there's going to be a special bonus, an Ace Ventura episode that's going to that's going to be released on the same day. So make sure you check that out. Check out our social media pages for links or whatever. The Replay Podcast. Help us out by dropping a five-star rating review for that as well. It does help people to find our show. CT. Goodbye. Take care now. Bye-bye. <laughs>